Praise God, Church. I'm very happy to be here today. And I thank God for the message that He has put on my heart for us all. Amen. Um, for mighty Father, I thank you for this glorious day. I thank you for this wonderful time before your people. I thank you that you've chosen me, Father, today to pass on your message unto your chosen ones, King of glory, unto the ones that you've called out, mighty Father. I pray that you lead me and guide me, King of glory, to speak your message as a faithful steward, King of glory, and may you break the hearts of men listening, King of glory, that your word, like a seed, may Go to the good soil, Father, and bear much fruit in the name of Jesus. I believe and pray. Amen. So, um, you're most welcome to Home Church today. Home Church, uh, You know, as our pastors have been taking us through the previous Sundays, we've been learning about our core values as Home Church. Who are we? I don't know if we remember some of those things that we've been taught. We've been told that we are the church, the bride of Christ. And this body right here is called home church. And we are told we are here to be equipped for the work of the ministry. So every time you're here, every time you're preparing to come to this place, just know that you're coming to be equipped, to be prepared for the work of the ministry ahead. And our pastor has always been telling us how that is going to be done. We are going to continue steadfastly in the teaching of the apostles. In the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship. So every time you come here, let that be at the back of your mind. Then we want to want to study lots of things that describe who we are. We are a church of the word, of the Holy Spirit. We are people of prayer. We've been called to worship God. We own a leadership. We love missions and outreach and reaching out to people. And today what you're going to look at is a church being for all people. After being equipped in the word and in leadership and in missions, we need to understand together that church is for all people. That God does not show partiality. I don't know what it may mean to you when I say that the church is for all people. Or why do you think God made it that way that it's for all people? But as we go on to study today, God is going to reveal to us what exactly he means. Why is it for all people? We are going to open together Bibles in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 10. Verse 34 to 36. Acts chapter 10, verse 34 to 36. The Bible says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, his Lord of all. So, so as a background to this scripture that we've just read, here Peter had been invited to preach at Cornelius' house. Cornelius was an Italian. We could say he was a Gentile. And these guys were not allowed to mix with these kind of people. The Jews were not supposed to even visit the Gentiles. So previously, Peter is in a moment of prayer. And in a vision, he sees an 
and a sheet rolling down from heaven with all kinds of animals, both clean and unclean. Being very hungry, God tells him, kill, wake up, kill and eat. And Peter's like, be fight from me, Lord, I can't eat anything unclean. Now remember, in this sheet that was rolling down, they were both clean and unclean animals. But because all of them were together, everything had become unclean for Peter. So he could not eat any of those things. That is why he told him, I cannot eat anything unclean. Then God tells him, this happening three times. God told him after, do not call anything clean, unclean that I've made clean. So after having this vision, this Gentile who feared the Lord had also got a vision from the Lord. And God had told him to send for Peter to come to his house. Now, if Peter had not got this vision before, he would have told the messengers who came to pick him from Cornelius, be fired from me, I cannot enter Gentile's house. Actually, in verse 28 of the same chapter, he tells there. You know very well it's against the law for the Jews to associate or even visit a Gentile. Because you're unclean. But because God had told me not to call anything unclean that he had sanctified, I will come with you. So Peter agrees to go and preach to this house of Cornelius. Now this that just happened in Acts here, it had a very long history even in the Old Testament. You know the law was given in the Old Testament and these guys are not supposed to associate like Peter says with anything unclean. But it was worse for a group of people called Samaritans. Now to the Jews you would rather be a pagan or another gentle but not a Samaritan. You know I don't know if you guys in you know how the map of Israel looks like. It's just like a long stretch like this. So up there in those days there was Galilee. In between there, Samaria. Then down this side, Judea and Jerusalem. But because of the separation in between the two kingdoms, north and south, if anyone wanted to cross from the north to the south, they would rather use a very long way than go through Samaria. And these guys had a very long last hatred right from the times of Rehoboam Solomon's son when he was ruling and the kingdom separated so the northerners where Samaria was they decided to get their own Pentateuch they found their own way of celebrating the Passover and they were characterized with a lot of idolatry. You know Ahab? that wicked king he was from the north so these guys in the south hated those people for all of that later on God chooses to punish this northern kingdom and the king of Assyria takes them to captivity so when he takes them the king brings other people from other nations to fill up this country that he had 
Now, this area of Samaritans, it became like a half breed of people. That is why they used to even call them dogs. They are not pure breed of Israel. They could not really associate with them at all because they were considered unclean. They are not a pure breed. Actually, there is something interesting that happened to them when, when the king replaced them with other people. It was interesting that when they came, they didn't know how to worship the God of Israel. And God sent lions among them to eat them up. Then later they sent a priest an Israelite priest to teach them how to worship God. So that, that is like a history of the kind of division that was between the Jews and the Gentiles. Being a Samaritan was a worst case scenario. But again, this Italian was no escape for Peter. So having that background, you can really know how hard the teaching of the Good Samaritan must have been for the Jews who are listening. You can't imagine Christ was telling them, you know what, you should be a Good Samaritan. Guys, that, that must have been a very hard teaching for them. So now when Christ comes, he's the Prince of Peace. He's coming to call all the children of God back to himself. Including the Gentiles that people didn't like. We are going to read together in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 14. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 14. It says, For he himself is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. So this is what Christ did when he came. He came to preach peace to those who are found, those who are near, to the Gentiles and the Jews, breaking down that law that Peter is talking about, that all should be made one in him. Now, the call of Christ was not discriminating. He came to call all who are listening to him. But he had to teach his disciples very hard lessons. Even, a, even after the coming of the Holy Spirit, they, they still had these things to battle with. They still had to battle with the law. As you've seen Peter here in Acts. But he had to teach them that indeed his relationship with Israel was a foreshadow of how he's going to relate with, his, with the entire church around the world. Now some of the lessons Christ taught his people are very interesting. The way he chose to equip his apostles. And I know we are also going to be equipped through this. Let's open together in Matthew chapter 10, verse 5 to 6. So here Christ, Matthew 10, 5 to 6. So Christ had just called his disciples. And he's sending them out. So he sent out the twelve to go and preach. And he clearly tells them 
do not go to the house of the Gentiles. Do not even go to the Samaritans. Just go to the lost sheep of Israel, to the house of Israel. So it, it's like as if he affirmed their feelings. He came for the house of Israel. Samaritans do not bother. But as we are going to see going forward. Christ being a good teacher. He didn't want to stumble the young faith of his disciples. They still had a strong belief in the law and no idea about the love of the Spirit of God. So that is why first he sends them to the Israelites only. But he knew he hadn't come for only the house of Israel. But for the sake of their faith, they were still young. But you know when you move with Christ, you have to grow whether you like it or not. There is no stunted growth in Christianity. So if you ever discover yourself being stunted, better shake yourself up in the word. Now that was lesson one to them. Go to the house of Israel. Don't go to the Gentiles, don't go to the Samaritans. And that was so easy for them to grasp because that was all they knew. Even from the law. Let's move on to lesson number two. Let's open together in Luke chapter 9 verse 50. Remember, we've already introduced Christ as peace, the Prince of Peace. Luke 9, verse 50. To understand the story, well, you can start from verse 49. Now John answered and said, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name. And we forbade him because he does not follow with us. But Jesus said to him, Do not forbid him. For he who is not against us is on our side. Yes, so now having grasped the lesson of preaching to the house of Israel, there was still something else they had to come to terms with. I think to them they thought that only the followers of Christ were those who are walking around physically with him all the time. So when they found these people ministering in the name of Jesus, like, no, you guys, you don't want that should be silent. And I think that translates to us a lot even nowadays. We normally think that whoever is not fellowshipping in, in home church is not part of the body of Christ. And we have these kinds of divisions based on whatever things, emotions, finances, political. But Christ is not divided. Christ is one. The body of Christ is spread. There is a body of Christ in the mosque. There is a body of Christ in the Catholic Church. They are all there waiting to be called upon. That is why we are being taught about reaching out and doing missions and preaching the gospel. So these kinds of divisions you have amidst us. That if a believer fellowships from maybe another church, they're not one with us. That is a Another level of immaturity. Christ came and broke down these walls. Let us not try to build them again with our emotions. Christ is non divided, Christ is one. So after teaching them that lesson, 
that people don't have to physically move with me to be with me. I have followers everywhere. We move on to verse 51. Verse 51 to 56. This is a wonderful story. So remember I told you that these guys to make life easy for them, they would not go through Samaria when crossing down to Jerusalem. Now Jesus, because he came for all, he wants to go through Samaria. So he sends his disciples ahead of him to prepare the way for him. Now Samaritans being Samaritans, they refused to welcome him. A certain city refused to welcome the Savior. Now these guys filled with zeal and power and love for Christ for their own reasons. Maybe that time they only looked at him as a political messiah. They tell Jesus in verse 54. When James and John saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? Just as Elijah did. You guys, you know what Elijah did to the prophets of Baal? Now, Elijah was battling with false prophets. Now, these ones are with lost sheep who need to know the Savior. And they just want to burn the entire city down because they have not received the Savior. How dare you? I don't know how most of you when you go out to preach and you're rejected. I don't know if you call fire down on their houses. But this is what happened here. But in verse 55, he turned and rebuked them and said, You do not know what man of the spirit you are of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. Now Christ knew that these people were also his. In that time to come, they would later believe him. He knew maybe Philip would come later on and preach to them and they get saved like he did. But right now his disciples did not understand this. They just wanted to call down fire to consume the entire city. But he tells them, you do not know what man of the spirit you of. I would like to ask us, do we know the man of the spirit that we have? Do we know the kind of spirit that we carry around in our vessels, in our bodies? Many times the Bible is describing the kind of spirit that we have. Here Christ is describing it as a life giver. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy but to give life. Now that was lesson three to them. That even the Samaritans you hate, maybe they thought by the coming of Christ they would dwell with them for good by burning them down. But he tells them, no, I came to save their lives too. Another lesson he, say, he tells them. After teaching them that now you know what? Even to the Samaritans I came to save. In Luke 10 he sends them out again. And this time round he sends them to every city. Even to the Samaritans. But he just couldn't send them out there without equipping them. You can imagine they would have burnt down the entire city of Samaria. So after equipping them and teaching them that even the Samaritans I came to save, in Luke 10 he sends them out to every city 
This time round, not only to Israel. They preached the gospel and come back with very big testimonies. And as if that was not enough, in verse 25 of the same chapter, that's when he tells them about being a good Samaritan. All this is equipping them to learn one thing that he came to call all the lost. He came to call all the people. Even those that you may think are not worthy of the call of God. Even those that you're seeing as Samaritans. He came to call them. Do we remember the parable of the uh, rich man's banquet who sent invitations to people and they did not turn up. Then he sent messengers like us. Go and call everyone. Just go and bring them in that my house may be full. Everyone on the road, on the streets, the rich, the poor, bring them in. And that is exactly what we're supposed to do. Just transport the message of the rich man that you know what? You're invited. Come over. Now it's only the master of the house who knows who is supposed to be in there and who is not. That is why when he reached and re found the people, he asked one of them, how did you come here? You're not dressed for the occasion. But that was up to him to choose who is not well dressed. It's not up to us. That is why he told Peter, do not call anything unclean that I've sanctified. Just go out and invite and preach that and spread the gospel of truth. You remember the parable of the sower? When he was scattering seed, he didn't go out to look for only the good fertile soil. He scattered the seed on the rocky ground. He scattered the seed on the road. Even among the thorny bushes, he scattered the seed. He should have gone like a farmer. You know which ground is good enough to bear fruit. You just can't go and plant your seed over there on that rock. But the seed of the gospel is quite different. What may look like a rock today will be fertile ground tomorrow. So that is why you scatter the seed of the gospel everywhere indiscriminately. This is the lesson that Christ was teaching even Peter. The Italians would have looked like, ah, that's a rocky ground. But this is my fertile ground. So Christ knows the fertile ground. He knows the rock. He knows the hard heart that will make soft. So do not judge with your eyes who will believe and who will not. Just be a faithful steward with a mystery that he has entrusted with you. And go out and preach the gospel. Amen. Let's open together in Romans chapter 8, verse 29 to 30. Romans chapter 8, verse 29 to 30. For whom he forewarned you, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. So Christ has his called out ones that he called before even the earth was laid out. He foreknew them. 
and they are the ones he's calling out. For us, we do not know. So we cannot use our carnal eyes to divide and be like this one, no, this one, yes, this one, I'll preach this one, I'll not. Because he alone knows. And he does not show partiality. Many times we are tempted to think that God is being partial. I, I looked at a story in Acts where James was killed by Herod. And a few days later, Peter is also arrested. But Peter was saved and God let James be killed. It would have been so easy for that young church to think that, wow, this God, he's being partial. Why did he choose to let James be killed and save Peter in a miraculous way? But he's God. He knows how to deal with his children. And he did not question him. So you having been given the privilege of being called and being chosen and saved, you just have to give God the glory and the gratitude and be a faithful steward of what he has given you. So as we've been seeing previously in the stories that we've been reading, Christ first equipped his disciples before sending them out even to the Gentiles. I know most of us have so much on fire to preach the gospel to the non-believers. But are you fully equipped for that kind of work? Won't you be stumbled? Now, I'm not here to scare you about going out there. But we are here to be equipped and be taught in the world. Christ himself did not send them out until he taught them some lessons. There must be some lessons in your life, a different level of maturity that you reach to, to preach out to those people and you're not stumbled by them. I know most of us have seen preachers and born again going out there to preach to the world and they end up looking like the world. And their light is no longer shining. It's because their young faith the word of God had not yet taken deep root in their hearts and they are treading it out there for the kingdom God himself could not allow that to happen even to the leader of the early church then like Peter himself he had to still teach him a lesson do not call unclean what I've sanctified before going out to the house of Cornelius. So who is sending you out there? All these were sent by God and there were evidences of testimonies and people turning to Christ. God himself guided the Israelites themselves to the houses of the Gentiles when they needed to be there. You remember in the house of Rahab? Now this one was also a Gentile. But God in his miraculous working, he led them to her house. I'm sure it's God who led Ruth to Naomi. It's God who led me to Naomi. And it's still God leading Peter to Cornelius. As we are carrying on this zeal of the message of the gospel, who is sending you out there? Who is leading you to them? Make sure it is the call of the Holy Spirit sending you to them. Because if he's sending you, he will sustain you. 
Mwanga wabaya kukulembe dea raja kukumira yo. But when you send yourself in your mind, the fruits will be very visible. You will come back beaten. Let's make sure it's God sending us. Amen. And when Christ was sending, or when God is sending us out to these people, the Kat- Gentiles, to preach to them, the non-believers and all. Remember, he's the same God that says, bad company corrupts good morals. So, he's not sending us out to relate with them and associate with them at the same level. He's not, he's not sending out He's not sending us out to relate with them at the same level. But he's sending us out just to shine light unto them. To give them the invitation. It is up to God to bring the increase in their lives. Your duty is to go out and spread the call. Because the call of God does not discriminate. He has called various kind of people that you have no idea about. It's just about us being faithful stewards and go and spread what we've been given. Remember, Peter needed Cornelius to learn that actually God has really called the Gentiles. And Cornelius needed Peter to know about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. There are many lessons we shall learn from people that we are going to preach the message of the gospel to. There are many testimonies we shall see that we've not even had in our midst here among those people. But it's going to cost us being faithful to the teaching of the apostles. So that we are equipped and that of God takes root in our lives first. As we keep on remembering the man of the spirit that we are all. Do we know the kind of spirit that we have? There are lots of descriptions that are given about the kind of spirit that we have. For example, we've been given a spirit of sound mind, of power, love, righteousness. Now when we learn the kind of spirit that we have in our lives, we will be able to reach out and spread the call of God unto all nations. Amen. Amen. We are going to continue in Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 19 to 22. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19 to 22. Now therefore, you're no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into the holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. We are being built together to be a temple of the Holy Spirit. All children of God around the world and everywhere. Rich, poor, weak and strong. Black or white. We are all being fitted together into this spiritual house. So let us get rid of these small things that want to divide us. Because Christ is 
not divided. God does not show partiality. He does not favor some and hate the others. When the sun is shining, it shines to all of us, the good and the bad. When he is spreading out the call or the invitation to heaven, it does not go to only the righteous. He calls the sick, he calls the sinners, he calls the weak. Because our God does not show partiality. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's pray. Almighty Father, we thank you for this word. And we thank you for this message that you've given us. May you give us strength, Father, to continue in the teaching and being equipped in your word. May you forgive us, Father, every time we have tried to rebuild the walls of enmity that you've broken. The man of spirit you've given us is peace. Love, joy, and sound mind. Lord Jesus, may you train us. May you teach us. May your Holy Spirit teach us and remind us these things. To be one and united in the fellowship of the Spirit. That we may not be divided. For a house divided cannot stand. Help us receive all those who call upon your name. May you lead us by your Spirit unto them that need you, Lord. Father, may you lead us and not our carnal eyes leading us. That we may see by the Spirit, King of Glory. As you've commissioned us already, commission us now and again unto the sick of this world without partiality or shame enable us to reach out to them and preach the message of the gospel king of glory and you who brings the increase dear Lord will bring the multiplication of fruit in their lives may we be found faithful stewards of your message teach us to love king of glory like you did let us not hate each other king of glory because we are brothers in the same household the household of Christ we are all being fitted together into one spiritual building teach us the man of the spirit that we are of show us the kind of spirit that you've given us that we may operate in higher realms king of glory in the name of Jesus, I believe and pray. Amen. May you stay blessed. Minutes turning into